All right, welcome to In The Zone, your boy Double D. Uh, in studio, Mattel team captain Jason Cunliffe, uh, fresh off a win over Team Bhutan uh, at the GFA. Uh, but first off, let's talk about that, that 1-0 loss um, in Bhutan where you guys had to do some traveling just to get there. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, just the local boys. It was uh, Guam to Manila. Manila to Bangkok, had to overnight in Bangkok, and then from Bangkok to Bhutan is about a three, three and a half hour flight. Uh, some of the stateside boys that had to join us obviously is a lot further. Some guys fly in uh, Houston, Korea, Korea, Bangkok. Some guys go in uh, Seattle, um, Beijing, Beijing, Bangkok. So yeah, the flight, you know, Asia is so big. Um, and that's the thing that kind of the rest of the world is talking about because there's only five days between these matches and uh, it's usually set up for the Europeans, right? Those are the ones that are really the the decision makers at the, at the end of the day and it's obviously it's a lot quicker to get across Europe in five days. So yeah, the Asian Asian continent, it's huge. So that's uh, the travel is always tough. And you talked about 10,000 fans in attendance in Bhutan, um, altitude, weather, um, how do you think that that played out for for some of the players on the team? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, those are the factors, right? Like you control what you control. Then there's those other variables that you got to worry about. Elevation, 8,000 feet. Um, you know, unless you're there two weeks before, you're not going to be, your body's not going to be completely prepared for it. Um, yeah, definitely the home fans, 10,000, uh, making it difficult to even hear a guy, you know, three feet away from me as we're trying to give each other information. So that's the things you got to fight against uh, when you're on the road. But, you know, I thought we did okay in terms of effort. Um, unfortunately, we, we weren't as uh, succinct in trying to, to, to get our game plan through. I think we went away from our game plan a little bit, whether it was nerves or just, you know, the flow of the game. But credit to Bhutan, they did a good job, um, pressed well, and, uh, you know, made it difficult for us to play out of the back, which is, is really what we're our game is now built upon, you know, it's possession football. So, you know, it was difficult, but we still had the opportunities to score and win, which at the end of the day, that's what you want to give yourselves an opportunity to win on the road. Um, but 1-0 at the end of the day wasn't so bad. And what's the playing surface like? I mean, the speed of the ball, was it a lot different than you know, what we're playing at home? Yeah, no, that's interesting that you say that because definitely they play on a turf. Um, so turf, similar to Guam's pitch, you know, different makers or whatnot. But end of the day, it's all turf. It's The ball moves quickly. But when you try to play a ball in the air, because of the altitude, the flight of the ball is different, you know. So that takes some getting used to. And there's definitely times where you might misjudge a long ball, whether it be defensively or attacking, um, just because it's either carrying more because the air is thinner, you know. So that was an interesting thing that we had to adjust to that I didn't really uh, consider going into it. Yeah, I think that's a, a real big difference because, I mean, we, we talk about American football and, and passes, um, quarterbacks putting the, the ball right where it needs to be. And then for you guys, when, when you're making cross-field passes and, and it just carries and starts drifting out, um, you, you have to get underneath a lot of these balls. And, and that's where I think um, that home field advantage plays for uh, Bhutan is they kind of know where, okay, if I, I put this kind of uh, English on the ball, I know where it's going to be and, and where it's going to end up. Yeah, 100%, exactly. And uh, even the energy, you know, that those players came out with, um, you know, whether or not the travel when we came back to Guam took it out of them, but there's they're just a different energy with them playing in front of their home fans and when they came out here. You could tell that they were, you know, they felt that extra power and motivation behind them there because they came out gunning, whereas here I felt they were a little timid, you know. And 
for them, they, they've always um, been a few spots underneath Guam or as far as ranking, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, the last two years, uh, we haven't played many international matches, so our rankings dropped. Uh, but historically speaking, we've been usually ahead of them for sure. So for them being seated above us going into it and being the, the home team and then having the advantage of playing obviously home first so they didn't have to travel as much, um, you know, that's, that's here or there. But, yeah, usually they're ranked below us. And it's crazy because y- you were talking that on the way back to Guam, you guys were on the same flight for uh, a few uh, layovers and, and, and catching uh, the flight back here on island. So it must have been um, a feeling where, okay, well, you guys don't really know what you're in for yet. Yeah, 100%. You know, that was my mentality the whole time is like, you know, credit to them. They got the result they needed at home. But, man, when they came to Guam, feeling that heat, you know, I knew it was going to be difficult for them. And, you know, I was telling them, I was like, these guys are literally going to melt, you know, and it's just going to be a matter of time. So, you know, as hot as it is for us, you know, local boys and even the statesiders that come in and, and have been here enough where they understand what it is, uh, you know, it's going to be 10 times hotter for them. Yeah, let's talk about that first goal. So we it took a while. I mean, we had a few shots on goal, um, you know, but it, it, it didn't go in. And, and when we finally scored our first goal, it, it was a lot of relief from the crowd. Like, it was big cheer, but then it was like, okay, all right, this is this is where we're going. Yeah, 100%. Like you said, we, you know, uh, I think Marlon Evans had a good chance early with a header, uh, missed it over. Isaiah played me a nice ball down the uh, left wing, and I tried to sneak it, roof it near post on the keeper. I just missed, hit the side netting outside. But you could feel the momentum. But, yeah, definitely there was that sense of relief. Uh, we were pressing. Um, deflected a ball Shane got on it Malcolm on the right side played a ball to me uh, and Isaiah did a great job of making the run and just honestly he just said my name so I knew where he was going to be I didn't have to look I just took took two touch played him into into space and he did well with the finish to be fair Um, so yeah 100% once we got that first goal you know we needed that to get us tied back to to 1-1 on aggregate and then from there I was like all right, here it comes you know yeah it just started to seem like you guys played a little bit more freely and usually with any sport once you start having fun um things get a little easier guys are are a lot more comfortable uh you ended the game with a hat trick in the 5-0 win over Bhutan and family definitely in in attendance uh you said you know you had your sister coming in from Vegas uh your kids playing but being Guam's most decorated um player on the national level, most caps. How fulfilling was that for you just to, you know, lead by example and show these guys that I've been here for, for this long, but I'm still able to compete at a high level? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, within the team, we're all, we're, we're literally a family, you know, we're all brothers. Uh, so, you know, the boys always like to give me a hard time about being older, but they know I put in the work, you know, and I work really hard to, to maintain my fitness and, and to, again, like you said, lead by example. Um, so, you know, I think they all knew what I was capable of. And you know, I definitely felt good to to just let, you know, family and friends, everyone out there know, like, yeah, I might be 35, I'll be 36 in October, but I definitely take care of myself. Um, and, you know, it's for a reason because I love football, you know, and I love being from Guam and representing Guam and, and going out there. And I, I definitely carry a chip on my shoulder anytime I play, whether it's a pickup game in the States and no one knows who I am or whether it's on the national team. And it's, you know, only to say, like, at the end of the day when they're like, oh, man, you're, you know, you're a good player. Where are you from? I get to tell me yeah, I'm from Guam, you know. 
And the cool thing is the kids staying around, hanging around, just waiting to take pictures and, and get autographs. And, and that's what um, the national level is all about is having the kids that are at the younger age groups being around the sport to eventually one day be on them. It's how like a few players were ball boys in the previous uh competition and now they're members of the metal 100 percent. you know at the end of the day um you know these kids have to have something to aspire to get to you know, a certain level and uh, the national team for them is that level so it's great to have them out there um and as you said to have them wait around and to talk and you know you can see the boys everyone was more than willing and able to to not just sign autographs but to really get to know these kids and and tell them keep playing and if there's anything we can do you know we'd love to help um we're such a small population that it only benefits us, you know, to have those interactions and to allow these kids to see that, you know, up close and personal. Um, because at the end of the day, like they, they are the future, you know, and I coach uh, a good group of kids. I took them to Bangkok um, just before the tournament, actually, before we went to Bhutan, uh, to a tournament out in Bangkok. And, you know, just trying to teach them to play football the right way. And we played age group up, we played U14s, and these kids are ballers. Double D, let me tell you, these kids can ball. And, like, I was so proud of them. At a 10-year-old, some 11 and 12 year olds and a few 13 year olds playing in U14 and we were, we were handling teams from Singapore, Bangkok, you know, these people are like, where are you guys from? You know? So yeah, the future definitely looks bright and I'm glad that we're able to, you know, not only play in front of them, to, but to put on a show and it definitely makes me happy that I was able to perform and get those, you know, those goals. And in sports, and we talk about back in the days, kids don't really get the opportunity to play off island and especially against international competition. So, um, staying focused and being in an environment where, okay, we're traveling. Um, at some point, the kids have to be reminded that it's not about participation and having fun. It's about competition. We're going out here to win and we're going out here to perform. And I think nowadays they're being accustomed to that. They're getting used to, hey, um, especially with the, the, uh, national program for for the youngsters how it's a classroom setting it's on the field stuff it, it, it's coaches grilling them on um job uh responsibilities and, and do's and don'ts and what you need to do and 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 how to prepare yourself that is um i think one of the biggest uh foundations for a sport and, and the gfa is is leading the charge in that yeah, 100%. You know, long gone are the days where it's just show up and play. You know, it's you got to control every variable, um, sleep, nutrition, um, hydration, you know, um, all kinds of things that before people just didn't really consider, which is I just show up, play, you know. But like I said, I, you know, in order for me to play at this level, like I got to really take care of myself. Um, and so it, it takes a lot of time. It's funny because I'll run into people, you know, whether it's at Payless or or just out of the field, be like, hey, you know, when'd you get back? You know what I mean? And people ask me that so often that I just roll with it now because it's hard to explain, like, man, I've been here, but I'm just, you know, aside from when I'm with my family, I'm just training. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just putting in the hours. Um, so, yeah, you know, like, fortunate enough, you know, we have a gym at GFA. Uh, they've got that put in now. So we, we work after uh, practices. We all go in at the gym. Any other time I, I get away, I'm at Custom Fitness, you know, working with Ryan and Paul. Uh, those guys are, have been amazing for us because um, especially when we didn't have a gym, they opened their doors to us and allowed us to come in and do all the extra work and we're, and we're always hands-on and very helpful. So, you know, that's the great thing about Guam, though. You know what I mean? Is you, you can 
you know, and I mean, even Paradise, Paradise, great gym, Mikey Scrow, you know, he was always very helpful and always accommodating if I needed to come in. Guam is such a great community where people see, hey, man, these guys are working, you know, how can we, how can we help, you know? And it, it just goes to show that um, the the fitness industry on Guam is, is so big and it's the people that have been involved with sports throughout the years that are investing within themselves and, and gaining the knowledge and the experience to uh, give back. I mean, you, you talk about personal trainers. I know you yourself have helped train other athletes, and it, it's uh, an investment in yourself and your body because your body is what is being put on the line and putting out there on the field. But let's talk about the, the tracker that you guys wear um, that tracks your, your output as far as everything um, out there on the field. Yeah, so like you're saying, like variables. So obviously every uh, national team training and every match, we all, we all have our own uh, polar heart monitor that is numbered, you know, so you always make sure you wear the right one. Um, and it'll, you know, everything from distance covered, calories burned, um, obviously max heart rate, average heart rate, you know, so coaches can now identify, uh, okay, in this training session, you didn't look so good, you know, it was something up. Um, let me, let me check your data. And then we also fill out every day. We have this coach me plus app where we wake up, you gotta identify, you know, one through five. How did you sleep? Um, is there fatigue, stress, your mood, um, soreness. So all these things come into factor. We got to weigh in twice a day. You know, so everything is monitored. Everything is is uh, accounted for, and at the end of the day, that's what it is, right? It's accountability. Um, are you doing the utmost as an individual to help the team push each other so we can we can achieve our greatest potential? Yeah, and you were looking at your numbers after the game, and you put in close to eleven miles just for that one specific match, just through warm up and and game time. Within that time you went a distance of close to 11 miles. Yeah, so I checked it just this morning because Marky Chargloff is in charge of all that. He just inputted it for us. Um, So aside from the warm-up, I had to walk over to do the press with you guys in the building, and then I walked back to the locker room. And aside from those moments of, obviously, the running and the warm-up and that walk, um, I was on the field. So I did total 12.95 miles. So I'm taking out maybe two miles from those moments and i did about yeah 11 almost 11 miles i'm thinking yeah it's crazy you you burned close to 5,000 calories um so Matal, we're waiting for the draw um in that draw what are we waiting for are we looking at where we're being placed teams in our pool um what can we expect yeah 100 percent. so in uh, asia everything's uh you're it's all seated so you go top eight is in pot one the next eight's pot two pot three pot four pot five so we're in pot five um and then obviously the top eight are your usual suspects your iran number one team in asia who we had last world cup qualifiers um australia south korea japan uh qatar uae and i think saudi arabia is it i think that rounds out the top eight um so we'll get one of those and then we'll get one from pot two the bottom eight you got your vietnam your oman who we had last time who we're familiar with 
um, a few other the West Asian countries, so on and so forth. So yeah, so we'll know we'll get one from each of those pots, and uh, man, we're excited. You know, we're excited. We're up for anything. Obviously, our staff, our head coach is Australian, our staff is Australian, so I think it would make a great uh, little story to to draw Australia. Um, I honestly wouldn't mind drawing Japan. Their national team captain is a good friend of mine, uh, Maya Yoshida. Uh, a long time ago, I went out to Nagoya Grampus 8 for a trial, and he was there. And that's who I hung out with the most uh, while he was there. So, you know, cool little backstories to it. Um, but at the end of the day, we're up, we're up for anybody. Whoever we draw, we'll be prepared. Our coaching staff is uh, on top of it. They'll do their due diligence. They'll do their homework on, you know, what we need to look for, who we need to, um, you know, what kind of systems pe- teams are playing and how we can counter those systems, et cetera, in terms of the tactics. But, yeah, we're excited. And a lot of young players, uh, first time getting the call up but shown a lot of promising uh future for uh being part of the men's national team yeah 100 percent uh you know carl dodd our head coach has done an absolutely amazing job of not just bringing in guys to fill numbers in terms of local training on island uh, but man he's gotten these kids to play at a level and i'll be fair i didn't you know i didn't think they would be capable of you know um so that's hats off to him credit to him and you got guys, like you mentioned before, who were ball boys during the last World Cup qualifiers who are now in camp. And they're not just here, you know, to participate. They're, they're being, being big-time players for us, stepping up. Um, you know, Devin Mendiola, uh, Kyle Halehale, Ethan Elwell, who didn't get his cap yet, but he's in the mix. He's, a good, he's been in training, pushing us 100%. Um, you know, Isaiah Legutang, who got that first goal for us. Marlon Evans, who I mentioned earlier. You know, so we got these young cats that are pushing some of us older guys, and that's what we need, you know, in order for us to to, to stay honest and, you know, be real with it in terms of our training and not get too comfortable. You need these guys to come up and say, you know, I'm gunning for your spot. And it, and it's all good. We, all, we appreciate it. It's, you know, it's healthy competition. We all feed off of it, and it only makes us better. Yeah, and I think the main thing, too, is just rising to the occasion, not letting – the the lights be too bright and and being timid and, and being nervous about it being nervous of course just lets you know that you're alive and that, that you're ready to compete but um making sure that i'm here and and i deserve to be here and knowing that because i think you know with young players getting called up that can probably be one of the main things that kind of keep them for, from getting their shine on is just uh getting lost in the moment but uh, being being able to play in front of the, the home crowd and getting one of those games under their belts, I think, is really going to help with their um, playing career and their confidence. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, getting out those initial nerves. Uh, and, you know, we had talked about it earlier, Double D. We brought in a sports psychiatrist for, for this trip um, from Australia. His name is Marcel. Uh, great guy. Um, you know, and it's exactly for that because some of these times, you know, sometimes the moment's too big for somebody um whether it's nerves whether it's you know just feeling that their preparation wasn't as good as it could have been in the moment you know kind of thing where they're starting to have self-doubts or what have you um so yeah you have the the guy like marcel come in um and he was great for the team uh even you know not just for the young guys for some of the more experienced players you know some of them have the same issues um having to deal with those nerves like you said like you can see it as "Ah, i'm alive whereas some guy might take it and just complete opposite like oh man this is what what do i do you know so um not it's one of those things but yeah getting that game under your belt on home soil it's always comforting it's always you know playing in front of your fans and you know you're hearing those uh you know the locals out there yelling and screaming and doing what they do and it's just it's fun to play play back at home because you know we are a uh 
growing, definitely a growing footballing nation. Uh, we don't have a big history. Uh, we don't have a big, you know, I mean, I think our FA only started in 1975, if my memory serves me correctly. You know, so you look at us playing against some of these, these other nations where they've been around since 1890s, you know what I mean? Ni- early 1900s. So we're definitely, you know, playing catch up, but I'm so proud um, of what we've been able to do so far. And it, and it just excites me for the future. I just hope we continue on this, on this path and we, and we don't, you know, let any opportunities slip up because we need, we need every match. We need every opportunity to grow the game. And with that 5-0 win over Bhutan, we locked up almost guaranteeing another match here on Guam too in front of the home crowd, right? Yeah, we got, we're guaranteeing us four more matches at home. Four wow. more. Yeah, so we have eight more. So we're qualified for the qualifying rounds of World Cup qualifiers. We'll have eight there, guaranteed eight four at home and then if we do well again then there's the asian cup qualifiers thereafter if we don't uh qualify immediately after those first world cup qualifiers so you know could be as much as 14 more games it just depends on the results leading up to it and we definitely got to make that push to get the word on uh, draw more fans but the scheduling of the game too it's out of our hands to say, hey, we want to play on a weekend. It has to be certain time and, right. and within a certain amount of days, right? Right. They're very specific dates. Um, the way FIFA works is obviously they're working with uh, all these club teams, professional club teams around the world. So they have very you know, specific windows um, that you can play FIFA matches where these club teams have to release these players. Even if they don't want to, they have to release them to their national teams. Um, so yeah, dates are already uh, set. So if our first two matches in the World Cup qualifiers are September 5th and 10th. Um, regarding the times, obviously playing in the heat is a bit advantageous for us. Even in the last World Cup qualifiers, we took seven points um, out of a potential 12 at home. Obviously losing to Iran, um, number one team in Asia, not bad. But getting a point against Oman, who was at the time, I believe, number eight in Asia, you know, obviously playing at home in that heat, it, it matters, you know, but um, we'd like to play at night. I think we just have a, a couple of issues with our lights, whether or not we have to update them or or something specific about the, the luminaries that, you know, FIFA has uh, certain regs that we need to to get caught up on. But, you know, GFA is doing a, a wonderful job and they're doing their best to to give us players the opportunity um to do what we do on the field and uh yeah whether it's whether it's daytime nighttime you know we're just happy to play at home and you guys already back in training um any matches lined up for you guys you know we're actually talking about that um we're gonna see maybe depending on the draw um because philippines is in uh pot three um so philippines is a team we might try to get some frenzies with um, get our Filipino community locally involved, have them come out here and maybe do some kind of, uh, you know, show after whether we bring in the knacks from the Philippines or not, just to kind of to get them involved and also um, do some fundraising. Uh, and then obviously the likes of Taiwan and Hong Kong are two um, that are nearby that we can we could get to right away. So those are some of the teams we're considering um, still in the works. But yeah, we definitely need to get some matches, at least one or two we'd like to get before the, the first World Cup qualifying game. All right. Well, appreciate you coming on the show. Um, if anybody wants to uh, track you and, and follow your journey and just monitor anything with uh, Mattel Team Captain Jason Cunliffe on social media, how can people follow you? Um, you know, I, I have a Twitter account. I think it's Jason Cunliffe. I don't tweet too often. Um, IG, I'm on IG. Fortunate underscore full F-U-L is my 
uh, IG name, and I'm I'm on Facebook. I'm not on that too often, but IG is probably the best. And uh, but if you do start following me on Twitter, I'm gonna try and be more active leading up to these World Cup qualifiers, just to to interact with people a little bit more and and just do my part in terms of marketing the events for us. Yep, definitely. Well, appreciate you coming on the show. Don't forget, you can catch in the zone uh, right here on SoundCloud.com/slash KUAM News.